Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing with our series called How to Praise and Worship. And our scripture text is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. We discussed yesterday that the word worship in Hebrew is shaka, S-A-C-H-A-H, and it means to prostrate oneself or bow down. And the word worship in the Greek is proskuneo, P-R-O-S-K-U-N-E-O. It also means to prostrate oneself in worship or to bow down. And then dictionary.com defines prostrate as to cast oneself face down on the ground in humility, submission, and adoration. So both words mean essentially the same thing. And in my terms, I would call it laying before the Lord. A biblical example we gave was Abram in Genesis chapter 17, verse 3, which says, Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him. Wow, that's very powerful. I found some information from Arthur and Denise Blessett called Life Lessons from the Road. He said, When one lies before the Lord, we acknowledge the glory and awe of the Almighty God, the Lord of hosts. We give honor to the King of kings as we prostrate ourselves before him. We show humility, and many in religion do not want to be humble. It's also a sign of repentance. When one lays down before the Lord, we put God above us. As one lies down before the king, that person is accepting his authority and power. When a person or groups of people are laying face down before God, it is glorious. That is why prostrate became the word often used for worship. To fall down before God is an act of worship of the Creator by the creature. We are not worthy. Jesus is worthy. We are in need of the mercy and the grace of God. And as I said yesterday, just think, there is a being who wants you to be in obeisance to him, and it's Satan. But what a slap it is in his face when we give our complete spirit, soul, and body in full reverence, honor, homage, adoration, humility, and submission in worship to God. You see, to lay before the Lord, prostrate before him in worship, comes Pastor Jim recommended. I say, try it. You will love it. And so will he. And remember, John chapter 4, verse 23 says, For the Father is seeking such to worship him. And that is in truth and in spirit. Let me read Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 again. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Well, we talked about laying prostrate before him. What's another thing we could do? How about singing? The scripture tells us that Jesus sang. 
Wouldn't it be great to hear Jesus sing? Well, he did right after he ministered communion. In the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 26 through 30, it says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of this vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. The sentence, and when they had sung a hymn, is expressed in two Greek words, K-A-I and H-Y-M-N-E-O. K-A-I meaning and, and H-Y-M-N-E-O meaning a song of praise addressed to God. So the verb would be to sing a song of praise addressed to God. Hebrews expresses it well in chapter 2, verse 12. It says, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. If you remember, it's a secret weapon. and Paul and Silas used it when they were in prison. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25, it says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. They were singing songs of praise to God. Okay, we understand singing, but what about music? Well, the Bible has much to say about music, but if you've noticed, we've not mentioned music yet. Truth be said, the definitions of praise, worship, and singing hymns do not expound a lot on music. Why? Because music in itself is not necessarily worship to God. You can go to any local bar and find that out. There's a big difference between music and worship. I believe music was created by God for worship. But Satan has perverted it to become anything but worship to God. Being a musician since I was very young, I've learned the difference between the two. 36 years ago, I decided to dedicate my musical gift solely to the worship of God. For musicians, especially gifted ones, music as worship to God can be very difficult to understand and comprehend. I've seen some of the best fall away because they were not able to enter in due to its pure purpose. It's too simple, not advanced enough, and has to be geared for all kinds of people to enter in. And somehow the pride and boasting in one's gift needs to humble itself enough to turn from the idea of entertainment into worship. And this is not an easy process. I used to look out and see people worshiping me on one side and getting drunk on the other. Now I look out and I see people raising their hands to heaven, their eyes closed, and they don't even know I'm there. But that's the point. Worship leaders, singers, and band members must lead others to see Jesus and not themselves. This is the root of Satan's fall. He could not give all the glory to God, and pride truly does come before a fall. It says that in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. You see, there's nothing like worship. There's nothing greater that we can offer God. It's so deep, it's difficult to express and teach. It's not a song. Although it can be expressed very well in a song, it's not music. Although it can be expressed very well in music, it's not a talented singer or musician. 
although a talented and gifted musician can express it very well if they understand it. It's not a praise band, although a praise band can express it very well if they know what it is. Well, what is it? It's a heart. How do you explain that? Well, here's how. In John chapter 4, verses 23 through 24, But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. You see, many people have difficulties with the styles of music in worship services. Should it be rock? Should it be country, gospel, jazz? Quiet, loud, fast, slow, contemporary, traditional, hymns, psalms, poems, stories. Should we have instruments or no instruments? Should we have drums or no drums? Should we do two songs or four songs? And, and now, many church sanctuaries are darkened rooms with smoke machines and moving lights. This is one of the greatest challenges of the church today. Everyone likes a different kind of music. Do you know anybody who has a music collection just like you? It can be that what is considered worship music to one is blasphemy or boring to another. What's the traditional culture of music for one is not appreciated or enjoyed by another. But you see, worship is not style or culture, dark rooms or moving lights. Worship is of the heart in spirit and truth, and God is seeking such to worship him. The job of musicians and worship leaders are to help people enter in, not make it more difficult, and that's a challenge. The key is to understand what it is and to fully trust in God's anointing to do so. And this brings us to the terms psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. The term psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs only appears twice in Scripture, and they're both written by the Apostle Paul. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, it says it this way, Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And the second verse is in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Let's define psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. The word psalms stands for a sacred song, usually sung to a musical accompaniment. The word hymns is a song of praise addressed to God. And the word spiritual songs means a new ode or song sung through the inspiration, the power, assistance, and ability of the Spirit of God dwelling within man's spirit. This can be both in a known language and in other tongues. Now, there are great benefits to psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19 tells us the benefits. And in context with verses 15 through 21, we find that when we speak to one another this way, the benefits are wisdom, the redemption of time, the understanding of God's will, making melody in our heart to the Lord, thanksgiving, and submission to one another in the fear of God. And then in Colossians 3.16, in context with the chapter verses 12 through 17, we find even more additional benefits. Things like tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, love, peace, 
the word dwelling richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another, grace, and words and deeds, all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So all that in three different expressions, the words psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You see, this is all part of our secret weapon, the weapon of praise and worship. In current weaponry, we find small and large calibers. The caliber is the diameter of the bore of the gun. It determines the caliber of the shell or bullet that it can fire. Well, guess what? The bigger the gun, the bigger the bullet. Well, how big do you think the caliber of praise and worship could be? How big is our personal praise and worship? What is the caliber of our worship? What could happen if a group of us got together with the intent of combining our praise and worship for a time of prayer and thanksgiving? Well, in the very least, just as it happened to Jesus, as he quoted the essence of the first four commandments to Satan, Matthew chapter 4, verse 11 says, Then the devil left him. You see, Satan has no effective defense against the true worship of God through his people. Boy, I wish we just had a few more minutes, but we're out of time. So we'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.